What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Pesky Report. This is episode number 314, brought to you by Beyond the Monster. My name is Brad Shandler, and with me today, we've got Derek Yeet. What's up, buddy? Yeet. What's going we're on? Doing good. We're doing good. Um, doing- we're doing good. Uh, I'm not losing my mind. We're not recording super late, so my mind's all healthy and ready to go. Um, so it should be a good one. I feel like the later you're up, the like, like I saw your rabbit hole the other day at like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, yes, oh, this this is what he means when like between certain hours, like he he, he can't think. But later on in the nights and whatnot, this is what you do. Yep, exactly. Uh, also with us today, we have a new member and we'd like to welcome him aboard. We have Matthew, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name because I feel like I'm going to not pronounce it correctly. So you can you can say your last name. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, my name is Matthew Crory. Um, it's like Corey, but with an extra R. Crory. Crory. Uh, Crory. Yeah. So Matthew is going to be joining us uh, from now on. Uh, he, uh, We're going to get together, try to figure out what days he's going to end up recording uh, on the podcast. So this is his first episode. And what a first episode to, like, come on. Like, this will be a memorable one, you know. Uh, the Boston Red Sox had just announced that they had hired somebody uh, to – Fill um, the shoes of Heim Bloom, who they booted out uh, to take over as the chief baseball uh, CBO, um, Craig Breslow. Yeah. Yep. Same initials, um, same college, a lot of similarities. Lots Same. of, <laughs> I, <lot> of them. <laughs> so similar age, I think too. 43. He's 43. Bloom is 40. I believe close. Yeah. Bloom is, he was, he turned 40. Did they, what day did they fire him? Uh, 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 uh September 14th. They fired him. Um, I don't know. It doesn't tell me what day he was born. Uh, February you know, February 27th. 7th. Yeah, so he's 40 years old. He's got to be 40. Uh, Breslow is 43. He turned 43 in August. Um, don't get it. Don't get me wrong. Like me saying, like, yeah, with Breslow being hired, I'm super happy about it. Uh, was there other candidates uh, that I would have preferred over him? Yes, uh, but I understand the situation and it. It's kind of a shitty situation, if you ask me. Um, but let's uh, let's get your thoughts on the hiring, and uh, we'll start talking about uh, other things as well, such as like possible second in command. Uh, who uh, rumors were like rumors we're hearing that might be interested in joining the team in a certain um, capacity. So let's start with you, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm excited for for a lot of the things that Breslow brings to the table. Um, you know, from an analytical side of things, um, he's really done some amazing work with the Cubs 
pitching and their minor league uh, prospect development when it comes to the pitching side of things. Um, he's really into, you know, the baseball nerd statistics side of, uh, of the game, which I think is super valuable. Um, that was one of Heimblum's, you know, calling cards was being uh, quote unquote, you know, baseball nerd. Um, so I think we're no, we're not losing that aspect of it. Um, and we're getting someone who has the perspective of a former player too. Like, you know, he was part of a world, uh, world championship team here in Boston. He's played with a lot of these guys before. Um, fun fact I actually saw on uh, Twitter was that the last baseball game that he actually played was in AAA in Buffalo and his catcher at the time. Do you guys know who it was? Reese McGuire. Dingo. Uh, Derek actually, Derek already saw it as well. So Reese McGuire was the, the person who actually caught him his last game uh, in the in the minor leagues, which was actually a really interesting connection. But um, I like what he, what he brings to the table. I guess there's just a lot of unknown when it comes to his decision-making ability and whether he has, you know, the things that we're kind of looking for as fans when it comes to making the big move um, this offseason. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I do definitely have like some questions about Bristol, obviously, because he's never been in a top job. I mean, he wasn't even the number two in Chicago, so obviously there's a ton of questions. Um, but he's a guy who was hired by Theo um, in January 2019. Um, he was hired as the director of strategic initiatives for baseball operations, um, and that position was to help evaluate, help to evaluate and implement database processes throughout all facets of baseball operations and to support the organization's pitching infrastructure and player development and the major leagues. He was in that position for nine months. And then they have promoted him to director of pitching slash special assistant to the president and general manager. Then he was in that position for just over a year. Um, and then in November of 2020, they, the Cubs promoted him to assistant general manager slash vice president of pitching. He's been a guy, he's been moved very quickly through the front office. Uh, and that's a front office, like I said, Theo was was in that front office when he got there. Clearly the Red Sox, have, obviously, Red Sox are going to have respect for Theo, obviously. He won them two championships. Um, and seems like there's a lot of respect for what he's done in Chicago. I think a lot of his former teammates have a lot of respect for him um, and the person he is. Extremely smart. Extremely, I mean, you graduate, you graduated from Yale. Like, yeah, you, you have to be smart to go to Yale in the first place. Then graduated from there, so he's 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 extremely he's a nerd in a good way. Um, but the, the interesting thing for him, I think, is coming in is the thing with under Heim with the Red Sox they have done so well is developing their position players, and they have a massive load of position players. But the pitching is still, you know, you have guys like Perales and Wilkerson Gonzalez. They're kind of more in the lower minors. No, Gonzalez is now into double A and whatnot, but he's still, you know, he's not going to be in the big league start next year or whatnot, right? So the pitching's still coming, but this seems like there's going to be a philosophy change on the pitching side because the Red Sox haven't been targeting high velo guys. Breslow is one of his big things, although he wasn't a high velo guy when he pitched. Um, the Cubs system on Cubs system right now, highest velo in the system, and then uh, they're second in stuff and, and stuff. I think it's stuff plus, I think, was the stat. It's stuff, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> I saw that. Metrics. The stuff metrics. Um, yeah, so, yeah, now so, we've got stuff metrics. Jesus. Yes, <laughs> yes. So but I so I think there'll be a little, definitely be a bit of like a, of a change on the ide ideological side of pitching in the, in the organization, maybe, potentially. Uh, but I think they're going to keep a lot of the stuff Heim brought to the table as well. Um, and I think they're just hoping Breslow can be a little bit more proactive maybe and 
making moves and being able to live with the moves that he makes. Um, but it is interesting because he is a former player. There are a lot of former players that they interviewed supposedly and that they wanted to interview as well. Like Sam Fold, right? He's got former player. Um, Gabe Kapler got interviewed. He's a former player, right? And there, there's more obviously, but I'm not going to list every single one, but it is interesting that it Josh seems. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, uh, but uh, it, so they had like it said they definitely had a bunch of like former players and seemingly and former players who like have been around the analytical side of things as well. Like Sam Fold has been kind of the analytics guy for the Phillies front office, um, and that's why he's the GM right now. Um, you have a guy like Gabe Kapler who they interviewed. Obviously, they didn't, they didn't go with him, but he he's he was a Giants manager. That organization analytically is very sound, right? Um, and then Breslow on the pitching side of things with the Cubs and now as, as assistant general manager for the last three seasons, there was clear they were looking for something. They didn't want to go too far off of what they had with Heim, which hopefully maybe shows a little bit of continuity and not just a total 180. Um, but they also were looking for some other things, and it, hopefully they have it with Breslow. I think um, one of the bigger things um, – that I take away from this, like you guys, you guys mentioned all the analytic stuff and whatnot. I'm looking at like the, uh, at, at the facts, look for like face va- value, you know, like you're getting, you're getting people like David Ortiz, Dustin Pedroia, David Ross, who, you know, obviously, you know, caught him and worked with him over in the, in Chicago, Brock Holt and Kevin Euclid, all giving a resounding like thumbs up. Uh, for Breslow being the new CBO, like I think that's awesome. Like Ortiz didn't really have that type of like yay for for Bloom. Pedro didn't have that type of you know they didn't have that flair. They didn't they didn't they weren't excited. You know, oh, I, think yeah. last, I think the last time I saw Poppy excited was when he met Verdugo. You know. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Poppy was on Baseball is Dead, um, that that podcast, and he said that he, this like this season and maybe even the last season, he felt uncomfortable in the Red Sox clubhouse, um, like that they didn't really like want him in there and that the, like the atmosphere wasn't like super welcoming. So to have him like on board with like even the front office side of things, uh, you do wonder if that'll welcome in, you know, um, involving him a lot more in the process. I mean, and you would hope that the bring front Phil. office, the front office, didn't want him in there. He didn't say specifically the front office, but he said just like the vibes of whenever he was in the clubhouse, like he kind of just felt like he, was he wasn't welcome. He wasn't super welcome. Yeah, yeah. The, now I, I wonder, you know how much like maybe that's core thing. I don't, I don't think it would be though, because him and core were teammates. Maybe it's just a right. player thing. Um, but like, I, I'll make this comparison. Like, look at what. That all the you know all the news about the Celtics having all their former players in training camp and at practices and whatnot before the season starts their first game tonight as of recording uh, this so uh, like but they've had legends just going there and former players and whatnot going to practices and like it's seemingly been a massive boost for the Celtics like and for the Red Sox I mean under Heim I don't I felt I didn't hear it as much but like. I, like I remember hearing, like, oh, this former Red Sox legend's at spring training, or this one, this person's at spring training, that person's at spring training, and maybe it was because of COVID and whatnot. But so you know, benefit of the doubt there because we don't really know. Uh, but it felt like there's been less of that in the last couple of years. 
<laughs> how funny would it be if like the first move that Breslow makes is like, oh, we're retiring this number. <laughs> <laughs> retiring a number. Retiring Pedroia's number. No, well, it, I, do, it, I actually number, do think he is going to know What, what number was he? Who, Breslow? Yeah. I think he's going to, I think Breslow's going to retire uh, Wakefield's number though. Ooh, I don't think it's up to. I don't think it's up to. I don't think it would be up uh, to them. I think it'd be up to the ownership. Breslow wore is, is fifty-four in two thousand six with the Red Sox, and then he wore uh, thirty-two in his second stint. Yeah, which is what everyone remembers him from, not the first stint. Well, it's funny he got a World Series ring in two thousand seven, but he actually didn't pitch in the majors, which yeah. I think is pretty funny. Is anyone wearing thirty-two on the Red Sox this year? Let's see. Did didn't he get he got called up, but they didn't he didn't pitch, right? Right. He got called up. Yeah, and then he got optioned back to Pawtucket to make room for John Lester. Um, when he I mean, was, not a bad move. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Active roster. I don't think anybody's wearing thirty-two for the Sox. I don't think so. Doesn't doesn't seem like it. As far as my looking right now. Not on the active roster, at least. The last person or number 32 for the Red Sox was Denilson Lamette and Jake Faria both this year. Who? <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, God, and then it was Matty Backpack. So... Ooh. Ooh. And then it was Rupp. And then it was Josh Rutledge and then Breslow. Then, like, Matt Albers, Felipe Lopez, Jeremy Hermida. That's a name. Oh, God. Okay, you might need to retire 32 because I don't know if anyone, like, I think the best player to wear the number is, what, Derek Lowe? You might need to retire the number just for the fact of that. Stop putting it in circulation. Yeah, 28 players have worn it, and I don't, like, if their best players. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just retire it in general. Get rid of it. No, just be like, oh, no, we can't do this anymore. You, you want 32? Sorry, we don't have it. We have 30. We have 35. We have 30. I was going to say 34, but I was like, oh, no, no 35 is no, not a good number either. Somebody else already has 30, I saw. Um, 30. 30 is Ref Snyder. Yep, 30 is Ref Snyder. Yeah. 35, Blyer wore it. It's open, but like I don't know if anyone wants to take that. And then before him, it was Hosmer, Andres, and then Josh Osich. And then oh, our knuckleballer. Wow. And then the knuckleballer. Was it Steve was Wright? The, yeah. That I was like ended Burke, up Baden Hop. Like, I, I remember when we traded. Uh, we tra- did we trade for Osich? I think we did. But that's here, here, and over there. I ended up going to the um, the Red Sox winter weekend thingy that they did. Uh, it was the first one at MGM, and I met Osich, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, who are you?" <laughs> and I was then, not thrilled. The Red Sox claimed him off of a uh, waiver. There you go. Yeah, I met him, and I, yeah. I I met him, and I took a picture with uh, Dewey. And I was just like, "Can I get an autograph from Dewey? Because I know fucking, I don't, I don't know this guy. I know this guy. But the way that they have it set up is, you get a picture with one person and an autograph from the other, and they don't switch it up. 
I was, oh. yeah, I was so pissed. It was my first time ever going to. I was like, I want an Ortiz signature. And like you could tell, like when when like certain players were in like a different room because you don't know who's going to be in the room at the way they have it set up. And then like all of a sudden, like I didn't meet him, but I knew he was in there. Poppy was in the room next to me because there was a huge pop. And then uh, there that room ended up going like I think they only do like an uh, about a forty five minute signing for each room or whatever. And uh, he was like, yeah, I'm going to sign for everybody. And he was in there for like an hour. They ridiculous. should retire. Red Sox should retire number 38 for Grady Sizemore. <laughs> what could have been? Which eye do we retire it for? Retire 38 for Grady Sizemore and then with the footnotes of uh, Aquaman. Hmm. I was saying which I. Wow. Uh, a little <laughs> fucked up, I guess. <laughs> a little over your fucking head there, huh, Derek? Yes. <laughs> Went right over my head. Yeah. Although, uh, speaking of the Red Sox, we need a uh, infield defense coordinator. Part of my rabbit hole of the 2009 Paw Sox. Uh, I found out Gil Velasquez is the Diamondbacks uh, in, uh, infield defense coordinator. So cool for him. That's a name I didn't he hadn't heard in a while. Um, and they they have great defense too. Yeah. <laughs> can we can we poach him? I'll take um, him. So I was talking. I was talking to uh, a friend of mine today, and I was just like, you know who would be fucking hilarious for a third base coach for the Boston Red Sox? And I think everybody else would be like, no, nah, that's not funny. Um, Imagine if the Red Sox poached Don Mattingly from the Blue Jays. Oh, no, you know who I want them to poach? It'll never happen, though, because it'll be a downward step. Uh, but the Rays bench coach uh, was, it, was it, uh, Ronnie Linares. That's what I, don't, I want. I don't care. Anybody is really better than Fables. <laughs> Linares was the Rays' third base coach. And then at last year, when their bench coach got hired I think, by someone else, he got moved up to bench coach. I mean, but he came up and coached the Dominican uh, WBC team, and like everyone loved him. I think even Devers loved him too. So like, I, mean, I really wouldn't mind uh, Washington, but I still think Manningly would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> I don't. Th- I, I know for a fact they're not going to go. I, I'll take it's, Napoli. It'd be na- Napoli. Uh, it Does sounds that mean he's like the first- it sounds like there's somebody like uh, Kapler could also be in that kind of position because I think I read somewhere that like if he wasn't hired in a front office position, he wouldn't mind working on the field. And I mean, I mean, I'm not against either of Kapler coach or front office. I'm not against I, it. I know it's, I know he's not probably ready to step into a coaching role, but I'd love to see Pedroia as the infield coach. I, I would love to have him too, but I think I think he just wants to chill with his boys. Could they get Joey Cora to be the third base coach? <laughs> Please isn't no. He, Please isn't no. he with the Mets? Uh, yeah. Is he with the Mets? I think he's a third base coach. He's either the hitting coach he's or third base the third coach. He's ba- the third base coach for the Mets. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. It's I like mean, a conflict of interest. 
I mean, to be fair, though, if you you name him third base coach and infield defense coordinator, it's technically a promotion. Maybe, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know if it is, but, like, just say it's a promotion. <laughs> Throw him a pizza party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you get to be here with your brother. Yeah, yeah. I bet you he says no. <laughs> no, because Ramon Vasquez is ahead of me, and, I, and I'm your actual brother. You do wonder if bringing Breslow in, being a former player, um, if he then will lean towards hiring other former players um, over Andrew Bailey. people with experience. I, yeah, that's a name that's been been thrown around. Uh, it sounds like uh, the it's being thrown around as a pitching as someone and like pitching coach. I mean, we yeah. do need a pitching coach. Oh Isn't he like the head of his uh, his foundation for what, what? Yeah, I know. I'm I'm an idiot. I just realized. Um, so Duran wore number forty, right, to start, yeah. and then he moved to number sixteen. Mm-hmm. You know who else did that? Who? Benintendi. Forgot he wore number 40. Did he move to 16? Yeah, Benintendi when he was with the Sox, yeah. He started off Mm -hmm. at number 40, went to 16, and Duran did the same thing. Yeah, who wore 16 before on Franchi? Yep, Franchi. I thought thought that was a pimp move that fucking Franchi was like, (laughs) I'm replacing Andrew Benintendi. I'm going to take his number as well. Yes, and then before Benintendi was a legend – Red Sox legend Devin Marrero, shout out. He can be the infield so, defense coordinator. So Bailey is, and correct me if I'm wrong, isn't Andrew Bailey still the pitching coach for the Giants? Because that's where he was. Uh, did he get fired? No, he's still currently the pitching coach, according to Wikipedia, which isn't that. That fucking reliable. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just. But to be at. fair, though, I mean, him and that Breslow relationship is very much, you know. Yeah, I don't think that. Uh, yeah, I don't think they'd fucking. I don't. I mean, if Bailey wanted to, I mean, why not? And if the Giants are bringing in Melvin, maybe Melvin wants a new pitching coach. I mean, that's a good point. True. True. I forgot about that. How yeah. fucked up does a system have to be? <laughs> oh my god! The Padres have to be such a oh shitty organization. God. How long was Melvin over there? One year. One one year. One year. He spent how long with the Oakland A's? And he spent well, one fucking year with the Padres. And he goes with. You know what's funny? He didn't get fired at all. He, he wasn't yeah. fired by the A's or the Padres, and he's changed teams as the manager. Well, I want to know, like, how did the Red Sox get swindled out of having to trade for was it John Farrell? John Farrell. How did we because have to trade Farrell for him? was under contract for a year, and the Blue Jays didn't want to give. I mean, to be fair, we just only gave up like Mike Avila, so like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't much. wasn't too much, but like, you know, fun batting stance, Mike Avila. Sure, I mean, that's about it. I know. Uh, I don't remember his batting stance, so it couldn't have been that fun. Oh. I know he. You know whose batting stance I do remember? (laughs) Fucking Nomar, fucking with his goddamn gloves. Uh, When you say batting stance, the first thing I think of is Euclid. Yep. That's got to be. See, when I think batting stance, I think Griffey. And he was kind of before my time, but I still. I think Griffey and Ichiro. Okay. I don't know why, but I do. Both. Both before Mm -hmm. my time, kind of. 
both Mariners. You watch a lot of yes. Mariners baseball? <laughs> no, I don't know. It's just I mean, but I think it like Ichiro like well, I grew up playing backyard baseball, and Ichiro was in like like the two backyard baseball games that I always played. So he yeah. kind of became like my one of my favorite non Red Sox players. Um, and then Griffey was in like I when I was like ten, I got backyard baseball two thousand one, which was you know it was it was like twelve years after the release of it, but and Griffey was in that game, and so and he was also in a couple of the other backyard baseball. So I kind of. Kind of how, and then also too, I think Griffey was in like MLB 2K10 on the Wii, and he was like 40 something. <laughs> and I would just, I would DH him and play Ortiz at first for whatever dumb reason. Don't ask me why. I mean, I, I probably did the same thing. On the Wii. I also played Aaron Bates in left field, and that was fun. I won MVP with Aaron Bates once. I remember I would always just play as like freaking the knuckleballers just all the time. I just love the knuckleball. <laughs> For whatever reasons, yeah, because they 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 went all over the place. Because R.A. Dickey was, I would always trade for R.A. Dickey at the time, and just Wakefield and R.A. Dickey. I think that probably happened at one point in one of my like you know franchise modes or whatever. Yeah, because R.A. Dickey played from 01 to seventeen, and Wakefield definitely played while he was still playing. So, oh yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a guy, I mean, I can't, I mean, you look back, Ari Dickey won a Cy Young. That's wild to think of. That is not. Well, the thing that was, that was different about him was his knuckleball. Well, he, he still had a fastball that was decently fast. Yeah. Um, which was the complete opposite of like where Wakefield was coming in. I think. Wakefield's was, was, was it high 70s? That's well, like where his fastball was. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, talk about velocity. I mean, our new uh, GM threw didn't throw super hard, and he was all right. I will never forget him tossing the ball away. Or new CBO, not GM, whatever the heck they want to call it. Do you re- do you remember when he threw the ball away in thirteen? He he cut it off, and then he went to go throw it to Middlebrooks, and he threw it like two hundred feet when Middlebrooks was like a hundred feet away. Unfortunately, I don't know why, but that always comes back to mind whenever I fucking think of the. Uh, oh, that's, that name that's comes rough. up, and I'm just like, yeah, it is rough. Yes, although although I will say, um, we're talking about uh, Red Sox and former Red Sox. Um, uh, Breslow also now current Red Sox, but uh, the NL West, as far as I know, that there's three teams that have former Red Sox as coaches. Red Sox as coaches. Dodgers have Aaron Bates, uh, former Paw Sox, actually. I played five games for Red Sox. Uh, they have, uh, Gil Velasquez is the Diamondbacks uh, infield defense coordinator, like I said. And then Andrew Bailey's the Giants pitching coach, as of now. Well, Dave well, Roberts. Did you forget Dave Roberts? Well, but Aaron Bates is more fun. <laughs> okay. Do we call He's him Master Bates? No, we don't call him that. He's the apprentice. <laughs> He's the master. <laughs> All right. Um, we got anything else to talk about with the Red Sox? Um, what are they doing? Who's going to be the number two for Preslow? I mean, ah, I mean, it would seem like Eddie Romero's the obvious option. I, I don't know, dude, because I figured Eddie was going to get the like, job as the CBO. I know, me too. So it's like, are they just they? 
they overlooked him again. They went with an external candidate. I'm scared he's going to leave. <laughs> I I was talking to a friend of mine today, and I said the same thing. I'm afraid Tech's going to leave. I don't think he's going to. I, I think he he has. I think he's kind of con, not content, but he likes what he's doing because he can he's be happy with his family. Where he is. Yeah. So like his, I mean, like his wife and kids are like always there and whatnot. And like they grew up, I don't know about his wife, but uh, I mean, the kids obviously had grown up over here. So this is what they know. I mean, he did have an interview with the San Francisco Giants. Well, did they interview him, actually interview him? Or did they just like, we want to interview them and oh, here's Melvin, we'll take him. What do you have to think now? Melvin got picked up by the Giants. Now the Padres need a manager. So who's to say that the Padres wouldn't be interested in, you know. Rumor is they're going to go internal. That's the rumor. Well, that's fine. But, like, here's my here's my thing. Here's my thing with tech. And, and there's a lot of people out there that give me, give me a lot of crap uh, for it. But. Let me let me ask you to get uh, to something, and then I'll I'll explain. Uh, I'll, I'll tell my side. Do you want Tech to be the coach of the Boston Red Sox? Manager or like manager? Yeah, manager. No. There was a time. I yeah, don't time know that I. Right yeah, I don't. Not right now. Okay. I don't okay. think I want him because I don't want because I know if he eventually becomes the manager, he's eventually going to get fired, and then we lose Tech. That is the biggest reason why I don't want him to be a manager. Him being the last captain, even just being a captain at all, if he comes in and say like he ends up doing something wrong, you know, just hypothetically, he ends up doing something mm-hmm. wrong. This fan base will lose their ever living. It ta- almost shit. tarnishes, right? Almost tarnishes uh, legacy. Almost, unfortunately. So the, so the position that he is in right now with the Boston Red Sox, he's under the radar. He, I mean, he's still in the clubhouse. He's still part of the coaching team. He's part of the staff and whatnot. And you know, he's got he's got all that going for him. But he's not like under a microscope. Cora, on the other hand. Every other day, we want him fired. That's true. It's so true. That's so true. Half the fan base wants him gone. Because even I, if he was like pitching coach or bench coach, like eventually there could be there becomes a time when like he has to be responsible for the performance of the team at that point, and like maybe that's not what we really would want from him compared to what he's giving right now. This so this is what I, this is my whole uh, philosophy here is like. If he wants to be a coach, I would rather him be a coach with another team. Let that fan base fucking, you know, I'm not, I don't want to say deal with him. I just like, I just like, look at, look at Orsello. Like we absolutely love Orsello. Like I still, I watch Padres games just so I can listen to Orsello. You know, I would watch whatever team uh, Veritech was, was coaching just to see how they are doing. But if, like I said, if he was the manager of the Boston Red Sox, it's shit went downhill. I just don't see how like he doesn't get shredded by this fan base. 
Yeah. You know, I know, I, not, not saying, not saying that he couldn't take it because I yeah, think he would be able to. He could, but yeah. it's just like we kind of don't want to see it. Um, I'm thinking about their base coach. You know who's been at their base coach before us ties to the Red Sox? Oh, God, who? Ron Renicky. Oh, no. <laughs> so he was our bench coach in freaking yes. 20, uh, but in 2019, I, I bring, right? 18 and I, I'm bringing 18 and 19, but I bring him up. Um, to kind of get back to the front office conversation of when Cora came in as manager, they brought in a guy in Renneke who's a veteran who had managed before, who has experience to be his bench coach, right? With Breslow, I know they're saying Breslow's going to get to pick his number two, and this guy, they doesn't have, the guy doesn't have to be a number two, but it would be nice for them to bring in someone who has experience as even if it's an, an advisory role, right? With Hein, his number two was BOH, who had never even been the number two before, right? Be nice Do you remember when Dombrowski uh, brought in uh, LaRusso? Yeah. Like, I, I feel you. Like, it was an advisor or whatever to the CBO or the president. Yeah, he was in the, he was in the front office. In, I mean, Dombrowski didn't really role. need an advisor, though. Like, no, he didn't. Honest. But, like... That would be that would be pretty cool to have yes. for Breslow. Like have yeah, somebody exactly, like exactly. there to be like, hey, whisper in your ear, you know, throw things in your ear, stand, you know. My my concern yeah. is is like do you uh, the the contracts. That's the only concern I have. Yeah. Like, is he gonna be able to what is his what is he going to be able to do when it comes to signing, say, Yamamoto? You know, like, are we going to be able to land him? Or is the fact that Breslow is very new and he's never had this type of position before, is that going to hurt us from getting, say, a Yamamoto? Um, I do wonder if his experience with pitching specifically will actually help us in the free agent market around pitchers because typically over the past couple of years, our, our – um, Obviously, our rotation has been garbage, but I think that perhaps um, there may not be a favorable opinion about Dave Bush um, out there right now. And so I'm I'm just kind of thinking bigger picture about this. If we're bringing in a fresh pitching coach and a fresh front office, you can't point to it and say, well, your, your pitching hasn't been great the past few years. You can easily be like, well, that was a different guy. And here's what I'm going to do to change it. Here's my track record. And I think that could be actually very beneficial for free agent pitchers. I do wonder if like, – I, I don't think we're really targeting money free agent hitters this year, so I don't know that that would really be it's a super – not a great class for it anyways. Yeah. I mean, you have Ot- Otani is really the, the only one that you would say is like that hitter that you would potentially be looking at, but even that doesn't even make sense. He's also a lefty. To your need. Right. But Juan Soto's a lefty, and we, we're, you know, we're kind of I mean, on board with I'm that. I mean, I'm not so. against getting a lefty, but like for the people who are going to make that argument, like – Oh, he's yeah. another lefty. I mean, I'm okay with another lefty. I personally don't have a problem with it if they're good, right? Like, I personally yeah. don't care if as long as you're gonna hit. I like, I who cares, right? Uh, but maybe the right Sox should start snatching all the left-handed pitching if that's the case. Um, maybe just mm-hmm. get all the lefties so no other team can have them. Um, I do wonder what like what the pitching philosophy is gonna change probably. Um, under like a guy like Breslow. Um, like I kind of stated earlier, he's been very much kind of high velo, like good stuff kind of guy. Um, so I wonder like how that maybe changes things. Um, one of the guys who I like in free agency is Yuki Matsui. He's coming over from Japan, lefty, uh, 
he'll probably be like a setup man, probably most likely in the big leagues. Um, but he's been closing in Japan. The only thing is he only throws like low nineties. That mm-hmm. doesn't feel like a guy that necessarily fits what Breslow's looking for. Um, so I wonder what the kind of philosophy is going to be in pitching. We'll obviously find out. We'll see if it makes a difference. Um, I mean, Yamamoto throws, you know, mid to upper 90s, so that's not really going to be a problem with a guy like him. Um, but I wonder if it's maybe a thing with, like, a guy like Nola, right, who doesn't always throw mid to upper 90s. Sometimes he'll be in, like, the low 90s. I wonder if that's a thing with uh, a guy like a Nola. I think that could be interesting. We've got – so he's going to be introduced next Thursday – I want to know what time because I'm going to be like, hey, boss, I need to take, you know, give me like the fucking 30 minutes so I can watch this or listen to this or whatever. So they're going to uh, and then like four days later, I think, is uh, the meetings, I believe. The GM meetings. In Ari- in yeah, Arizona. in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, time to start working out some trades. <laughs> yep. Definitely. It's a trade. Let's start like. Once it start, once the uh, doors open, let's start fucking. Let's get something done. Like buy, spend some money. I want something to talk about. I'm not gonna lie. Give so me last year, to talk about. Last year we signed um, Turner and Kenley within the first couple weeks of December, and Yoshida was like almost immediately as soon as free agency opened. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I would love to see. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably really love to see like some type of a trade um, occur prior to like Thanksgiving, and I think that's realistic if Breslow's coming in and trying to like make a name for himself. But at the same time, I don't know what, what do you, how do you guys feel about like it coming in and immediately making a move? Do we feel like that would be too soon for him? It depends on what the move is. Yeah. Because I, exactly. I, I don't want him being like, I'm going to make a move just to make a move. Just to like be like, all right, that's, you know, like. But if it's like you're flipping to... Alex Verdugo for like a mid-rotation starter, like, I'll take that. Right. I just, like I said, I don't want a, uh, I don't want a trade. I don't want a move to be made just to, you know, be like, hey, I'm, and it, my my fear is, is there's going to be so many comparisons from him to Bloom. It, there already is. I mean, CB, the fact they went to Yale, the fact they're both Jewish and whatnot. I just well, think CBOs only CBOs yeah. in Red Sox history. So it's like, well, I mean, they both. This is their first position in a front, like as the person in charge. But I, I just, I don't know. I I agree. He needs to be surrounded by some advisors that's yes. that's where where i lay um with that it's i don't know <laughs> i, really I would have to think eddie's the number two but like yeah bring in an advice someone in an advisory role to help out i know like the only name that's like been a lead guy that was even in the conversation was huntington and i don't even know if i want him in an advisory role yeah. uh but i don't think i want him anywhere near um but like there's got to be someone, right? Like, some there's got to be someone out there. You would think, at least. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of people that, in Chicago that want Dave Ross to go with uh, Breslow. I think that's funny. I'm not that saying front office or, or advisory role, but I still think that's funny. That'd be interesting. 
Theo Epstein fucking come back home in the advisory role. You do wonder you know who could be the infield defense coordinator? Who? Sue Lin. What? I don't know. I'm just throwing names out there. I I, I feel like you're just coming, you're pulling a Tim on me right now. <laughs> I was just reading through an article um, that was on some local um, Cleveland like newspaper. I'm talking about five potential candidates to succeed Terry Francona as the Guardians manager. Right, right. So kind of space the fact that they're going. There's actually a lot of managerial openings this year. Um, but I was just scanning through the list to see if any of the names stuck out because if they're uh, in consideration for managerial positions, maybe there'll be um, other places, you know, other things that might open up. Um, but uh, a couple of the names that stood out was um, Buck Showalter, obviously. Um, Stop it. Got a lot of experience, formerly with the Yankees. I, I I'm thinking more Stop front it. office. Yeah, I'm thinking. You know, he's got the he's got a long tenure. He's a he's you know he's he's built up franchises before, right before they were successful, and he got done, and then they went on to be successful. Like, you know, he, I don't know about that. There's a little there. bit too much stuff going on with the Mets and whatnot this past year to make me want to be like, oh, Buck Showalter. Yeah, I uh, I mean I the fact that they supposedly. The fact that they supposedly fake IL, actually fake and phantom IL guys, probably means he was playing guys that they didn't want to be played. And I don't know if I want a guy who just disagreed with his front office and that caused him to be gone. Maybe, potentially. Bro, I'm not saying that's. I'm not saying that's what happened, but you know. So I just saw this tweet by Peter Gammons that was back in uh, on October sixth. He goes, the first person Terry Francona told Mark Shapiro he wanted to hire was Kevin Cash, who would yep. be his bullpen coach. Many believe that the person Francona would like replacing him is Cash. Yeah, I saw that in this article as well. Yep. They also mentioned um, Red Sox bench coach Will Venable as a potential uh, managerial Ex option. Bench coach. Not, not the bench coach anymore. Correct. He's with the Rangers now. Can, okay, actually, speaking of Will Venable, can we do what the Rangers did and just, oh, he's the, like, assistant to the manager, and it's a promotion from bench coach. Can we not yeah, do that? The, can we yeah, do that for right? Gabe Kapler? Like, that would be pretty sick. Why Why not? Well, the Rangers just did it for Venable, and they're like, oh, it's a promotion from bench coach, so he can, we can get a lot of interview. Well, well Kapler – doesn't need a promotion because he's no, he I, doesn't have a job. I that's what I'm saying. But he'd be going from manager to like the manager's right hand man, but still above bench coach. So Ramon Vasquez doesn't lose his job because him and Cora know. are best friends. I like yeah. the idea, and it boosts the sex appeal of the team by like a hundred times. Just instantly. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yes. The only difference is instead of instead of the pitching coach going out to the mound, I need Kapler going out there. Yes, shirtless. I mean, sleepless. Yeah. <laughs> what the I mean, fuck? I mean. Wow! We definitely just took a 180 there. <laughs> ah. oh, God. Sleep sleeveless, you know, that's that's the new that's the new in. Shirtless sleeveless hoodies. 
yeah. like sleeveless hoodie. Imagine yeah, if you're out the there. Put him, in a, put him in a sleeveless hoodie, but the one where, like, it goes, like, it, there's, like, no, like, side either. <laughs> who is it that um oh my gosh what's what's the, the name of the guy that like literally just wears his jersey all the way on button with no shirt underneath it almost um he signed with Napoli the brewers like that. midway through the year he's active player um oh man who'd you say he signed with he, he was with the brewers midway through this season um in the minor leagues he was like smashing and down there and then he had an option to, uh, to get out of it oh my gosh who is this oh Heck, I need to find this now. Ah, this is gonna bother me. Oh, is it Luke Luke Voigt? Oh, ah, <laughs> I love oh, Luke Voigt. There it is. Yeah, because he's just this friggin' like shirt, like literally hanging open. He's like not even wearing an undershirt. Like dude's just yeah, smashing and triple. Do that with do that with Kapler, except it's yeah. except it's gotta be a, a hood a hoodie. Somehow find yeah. a way to make it like more like open, yeah. like more kind of like a showing chest uh, and then like have like the sides open as well and sleeveless yeah. cut off sleeves open yep. on the chest and his open job on is the sides as well assistant to the uh to the coach and he's just yeah yes yes <laughs> yes yes what do you do cut off his sleeves too? <laughs> no that's the jersey they wore for the game and i think everyone else wore it with an undershirt except for luke voigt so he just looked like he had a tank top on <laughs> So you imagine Gabe Kapler's wearing that, and he's just sitting next to Cora on the bench, just in that little like next to you know next to the dugout bench right there. Him and Cora just sitting there. Oh, cool. We'll be sold out from then on. Oh yes, there, there, yeah, there's another. <laughs> Look at like the, how many teams did he play for? This last year, he played for at least three, I think. Did he play for Washington, San Diego, and the Brewers? Did he play for the? Wasn't he with the Yankees when the season started? No. Um, I'm looking. Voigt played this in 2023. Only played with Milwaukee in the big leagues, um, but was with the Syracuse Mets in AAA as well, which is where that jersey picture came from that you pulled up, Brad. Yeah. 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 I I hated the fact that he was on the Yankees because I liked him. Yeah, boy, it was my dude. That's unfortunate. Unfortunate. What was on the Cardinals? I think wasn't he? I don't remember. I remember. Everyone was on the Cardinals. Yeah, a Rosarena, Adolis Garcia. Yeah. Um. Um. Who's the pitcher from the Marlins? Why am I drawing? Alcantara. Yeah. And Gallon too, because Gallon got traded in that trade as well. Good job. Good job. Yeah, I think we need to make a trade with the Cardinals for something. Yes. Yes. <laughs> trade the Cardinals, please. Nolan Arenado's a right-handed bat. No, that no, no. Play no, really no, good no. defense. Got to trade for some guy who's on like the bottom of their 40 man. Yes. Yeah. Are you trying to say that we need to move Rafi? I ain't saying. No. I, I mean, well, you could put him at DH. I actually had a crazy idea. You could put um, Rafi at second base. Let's oh, that's, shut that's the fuck up. That's what I was saying. Up. I'm joking. No fucking way. I'm, jo- Wait, I'm I was joking. being serious. That I was no, no, being no, serious. Guys, I'm joking. I went to a, one of the Dodgers games that I was at this year. He played shortstop. And I said, if he can play shortstop, why can't he play second base? 
ridiculous. I mean, why, so, so why can't Arenado play second base? Because Arenado's a gold glove third baseman. Not this year. <laughs> he ain't well, even a finalist this year. This is true. This Key is Brian true. Hayes is one in it. Key Brian Hayes should have won it the last two years. That's my hot take. Um, yeah, no, it was a random, it was the middle of, uh, the game. It was the Saturday game against the Dodgers and, um, somebody got oh, injured mid game. It was, um, freaking, uh, Pablo Reyes. Time. Yeah. Pablo Reyes got hurt mid game. And so they, they made a defensive substitution to put in Urias at third base and they moved Rafi to short for an inning. And, let me, um, let me ask you guys a question. How many games do you think Rafael Devers DH'd in 2023? Not enough. How many games how did many he DH? He should have yeah, played, well, to be fair, he should have played DH every time TK played shortstop. Let's be honest. Oh. Uh, I don't think he DH'd at all. I don't remember it at all. Like once, maybe? Twice? Twice. And in 2022... He only DH'd three times. 2021, he so he started off as DH four times. Well, the craziest part about that is that we have Justin Turner that could have played third base, and we had Urias who could have played third base, but our outfield situation was where all of our better players were getting clogged up, and so it didn't make any sense to, to swap in those guys at third base. But if we had a uh, solid power hitter like Arenado, fit him in third base. Just saying, you know who, makes makes something happen. I mean, know who would be a power hitting second baseman? Am I going to slap you? Is this going to be Xander Bogart's take? No, it's not. Please, for the love of God, go ahead, Derek. Dan Ugla, but he doesn't play anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> What a I mean, hey, fucking name! To be fair, he had five consecutive thirty home run seasons with the Marlins from second base. He was I mean, the uh, power hitting second baseman. He was another person in two K, you know, two K oh seven or whatever. You just yep. always a smash play. Yeah, he finished seventeenth in MVP voting in twenty ten. Oh God! All right, let's uh, let's let's uh. Stop getting sidetracked here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, all right, let's talk about the championship series because not one of us probably picked either the Diamondbacks or the Rangers. I did. No, you didn't. I, I, I actually picked I the picked Rangers. I picked them before. Did you pick them at the beginning of the season? My actual postseason bracket has the D-backs winning it all. But that's more so because – I. now, to be fair, I picked them because I like the D-backs. But, like, I'm still right. I mean, I picked the Red Sox and D-backs as my two favorite teams. So, I mean, once again, not wrong on the D-backs, just not for the right reasons. Rangers were horrible last year. I don't think anybody at the beginning of the season picked them to the Diamondbacks you know, make the They, I believe, how many games did they win last year I, or lose? Two years ago, I know it was 110. But they both lost 100 games two years ago. I just spelled D-backs wrong. I put the K in front of the C. I'm an idiot. You're typing too fast. 
Um, they lost. They went seventy-four and eighty-eight last year. The D-backs. The Rangers last year were sixty-eight and ninety-four. Wow. That was, wow. But the D-backs last year had that like run in September, was it? That where they won like seven or eight in a row, and then they had like like they won like eleven and like thirteen or something wild. Or maybe it's in the end of August. I don't. Know. I'm not sure. But I know that happened near the end of 22. My uh, my preseason predictions. I think I had um, from the National League, like Braves. I think from from the beginning of the season, like had an idea they were going to be smashing. But on the American League side, like I don't think anybody saw um, it coming like this. Like. A lot of people were on the Blue Jays train. I um, was actually <laughs> this sentence was so terrible. I thought that the the Angels were actually going to be able to pull something out and like make a run for it with it being Shohei's last season. Such a bad take. Ouch! <laughs> that is a terrible take. The Angels doing anything? Um, I don't remember what mine was, but I know that like halfway through the season. I was rooting like when I realized, like obviously not halfway through the season, but when I realized the Red Sox were out of contention, I started rooting for the Astros and I get a lot of shit for that, but I don't care. And the reason why I was rooting for the Astros was because everybody loves a villain. My hot take heading into this year was Juan Soto was going to have a 500 on base percentage just because he's Juan Soto, but he can't hit. I forgot that he can't hit at Petco. So, wasn't that such a great trade? They fucking so, traded for him, and he can't even <laughs> fucking hit. He can't hit it. No, he can't hit at Petco. He can hit everywhere else, just not at Petco. It's like I the one that, park that he sucks at. Um, I, I gotta. I think that my like midseason switchover was to the Mariners. I I like Julio Rodriguez a lot. So, like that's kind of just like player bias, I think. But, um. Mariners were exciting for a while. I thought they were actually going to pull it off and, and take the Rangers out at the last second. Like the Rangers fell apart at the in August and September. I picked the Cubs to win the NL Central, and I'm upset about that. Hey, because they well, were actually kind of close. Our CB, our new CBO was in that. Uh... That is true. Although, and I and my my slogan was Cy Young Stro. I named my fantasy baseball team the Stro Show because I had Stroman and Otani. Nice. Clever. Unfortunately, they both got hurt. Figures. I also had my team name was originally as Buxton and Nut, and then Buxton got injured. Because he was Buxton and Nut. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get predictions on the World Series. Who do we think? How many games? Matt. I'll go first. Sure. Um, I'm going Rangers and six. I think it's uh, going to be just enough to get around that rotation a second time. And uh, I think we need to see Evaldi Montgomery uh, twice through the, through there. I think they, I think the Rangers win the first two um, D backs take the second two with, uh, you know, uh, Brandon fart or whatever his name is. Pitching fart noise. Fat. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think cause that's cause he's their game three. So I think they take that one. I could see them riding momentum, taking game four, but then uh, Rangers come back around, starting Evaldi again, starting Montgomery again, and taking uh, taking it in six. Derek? Uh, I'm going D-backs in seven. I think we see a very similar play out to the NLCS. I think 
D-backs probably go down 2-0 um, against Montgomery and Ivaldi, similar to like they did with Wheeler and Nola. Um, and they can come back in games three and four, win them, I think, game, and then they'll win one of five and six, and then obviously they'll win seven. Um, they just need – I honestly think the D-backs can win the series with by only winning one of the four starts of Ivaldi and uh, – and Montgomery. They only need to win one of four to win because they can win the other three games. I think that's what happens. I got a yeah, bold Scherzer looks toast. I got a bold prediction. D-backs sweep? D-backs in three. No. <laughs> uh, no, I think the D-backs... Bold prediction. D-backs in eight like they used to do when they had games got canceled because it was too late. Um, no, D-backs in... I think D-backs in six. I'm going to so uh, I was rooting for uh, the Astros when the Astros ended up uh, getting booted by the Rangers, which who here was actually surprised by that? No, I wouldn't say I was surprised. Um, I think I still thought the Astros were the favorites to beat the Rangers. I I still would have picked Astros over Rangers, but it wasn't like a shock. Yeah, I mean they I were so they were they were so close. They were what like a game off uh, for the regular season. Like the the Astros actually beat them like one like their uh, their season series. They uh, no they, the yeah it was the tiebreaker that uh, got Houston the division. They both went ninety and seventy two. Yeah, and I think that like the momentum of the Rangers like falling out at the end of the year. Um, I think going into the postseason, I would have taken the Astros in that series, but just seeing how the Rangers played, um, you know, through the wild card and, and through the rest of the, the, the games. Huh. Yeah, and they didn't have Craig Kimbrough to blow games for them. So, although they have Chapman for the world series. So there you go. That's why how I came back in seven. How hilarious, <laughs> is, it, how hilarious is it going to be if the Rangers end up winning and he gets a second world oh. series uh, ring and it's not with the Yankees. Oh my god, that'd be amazing! I, It'd be amazing, but like at the same time, I will be so happy. Kimbrel blows a series and then Chapman blows a series oh, to yes. the D backs. Oh love my it. god, so either DeGrom or Ivaldi gives up like 10 in like game two, and like he has to get like I shouldn't say he has to get Tommy John again because it's kind of rude, but whatever. <laughs> whatever we want to call it. If all he gives up 10 in game two and then just doesn't pitch the rest of the series. There you go. Uh, he's pitching game one. Or game one. Whatever game he's pitching. I don't know. He's, he was pitching game two in the ALCS. Um, I think he did. So, Lago, Like I said, I have the memory of a goldfish. Lago or DeGrom are getting a ring. I'd prefer Longo. I think Longo. Yeah, um, I feel like he actually deserves one. Like, like, whereas DeGrom, it's, like, cool, but, like, you've been injured so much. Like, if you would have just stayed healthy, it might have actually had a chance. Madison Gum, uh, Bumgardner or DeGrom? One of Are they actually going to give him a ring, though? Let's be honest. Are they really going to give him a ring? Technically, he would get one. He was part of the yeah. team. I don't think he No more got a ring in 04. Yeah, but is that like an ownership decision, or do they have to give a ring to every single player who played on the team? I think if you were on the forty-man roster, let's look it up. Yeah, because that's why um, Breslow got a ring in 07, even though he didn't pitch. 
who gets World Series ring? It's there are no hard and fast rules for who gets World Series rings. It's up to ownership and whatever the players, coaches, and organization wants to do. All of the people, all of these people, all the people eligible are MLB players and coaches, scouts, bullpen catchers, front office, medical staff, ball boys slash ball girls, announcers slash play by play slash color guys, interns, ground keep groundskeepers, and potentially everyone else employed by the organization. Um, and then also two uh, umpires can get uh, rings, but it's not like from the team who wins; it's from like the MLB. They get rings for working the World Series. Um, traded players can. Um, uh, Dan Ugler, Dan, Dan Ugla, Ugler, Ugla, uh, actually <laughs> got a ring. Dan Ugla actually got a ring from the 2014 Giants. They gave him a ring. He played like. Uh, he played four games when he went 0 for 11 with six strikeouts and two errors, and he got cut, and the Giants wow. still gave him a ring in 2014. So Dan Ugla, World Series champion. Who would have thought That's, that we would be do, mentioning him twice on, on, a, on a podcast here uh, right before the World yeah. Series? Yeah. Uh, AAA and minor league players can sometimes get a ring if they contribute at the big league level at some point. Um, sometimes select coaches in the minor leagues might. Um, but, yeah. Oh, in Steve 2016, Bar- Steve Bartman was gifted the ring. Yeah, Steve Bartman. <laughs> Steve Bartman. He pitched 16, po- at 16 and two thirds innings, and uh, maybe they they'll give it to him. But they'll they don't have to. They'll I would assume they would. Yeah. He was actually the highest paid player on the uh, on the Early. Diamondbacks this season. Yep. Shocker. And he's, he's just—I he, mean—he's getting paid for the full season. Dude literally had, didn't pitch since April. Like that's a dream job. It's like the uh, it's a Corey Kluber experience. Experience right there. Oh Jesus! Let's take a peek here. Yeah, I'll say a prayer for his shoulder inflammation. Wait, he's getting paid until twenty twenty seven. Bumgarner? I think it's like deferred. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Oh my God! You know who got a ring in twenty thirteen? Oh my God! Who? Ruby De La Rosa. Oh God! <laughs> All right, there, there's something else I wanted to bring up. I don't know if you guys saw. I, I'm pretty sure, Derek, you, you saw it because I've been fucking posting about it. Uh, let's talk about Baseball United. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. So. If you made it this far, uh, sorry. Uh, so Dubai has announced that they are starting a baseball league. And come to find out, um, one of the players that were drafted, are they're an investor into this league. Um, let's, let me... Uh, Draft of baseball United. While you're looking that up, I will say that they only have four teams though in their league. The four teams uh, are if it's the Dubai, ba- there it's the baseball league based in Dubai, but there's only one team in Dubai. It's the Dubai Wolves. Um, then there's the Abu Dhabi Falcons. So there's two teams in the in the UAE. Um, then there's the Karachi Monarchs, uh, which are which that's in Pakistan. And then there's the Mumbai Cobras, which is in India. Who? Where are the Falcons? The Falcons are the Abu Dhabi Falcons. Oh, hold, so hold, hold, hold the fuck up! 
So, yes. There's a team in Abu Dhabi, Dubai, and then Pakistan and India. So I did see that uh, Baseball Hall of Famers Mariano Rivera and Barry Larkin were announced as founding stakeholders in the United International Baseball League. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got a question because I can't confirm this. Is this who I think it is? Do you, do you know who I think that is, right? Is it uh, first name starts with an A? Yeah. Second letter is a U? <laughs> Why don't you just spell it out? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't find it anywhere. Yeah. Um, let me, I'm going to look, I'm looking at their draft. Right Yo, now. they, yeah, I'm, I am too. Jerks and Profar's brother got drafted. Or I would assume it's his brother. It has the, maybe it's a cousin. I don't know, but they have the same last name. I think it's his brother. Carlos Martinez got drafted too. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. So I don't see that name on, on any of the lists. Nope. I don't see it either. Well, if you think about it, they only oh no, it's David Huff. It's David Huff. Okay, second round. Okay, okay. First pick of the second uh, round. Uh, that's <laughs> ninth that overall. Little... Okay, all right. So what we're talking about here is they they have some uh, um, baseball players from that have played in MLB uh, on on their teams. Like you've got, like he said, uh, Cobras, the Monarchs, the Bulls, the Falcons. Uh, Automatically, I hate the Falcons. Uh, I don't know if you understand why, uh, but let's just let's just go out. So it started off. You get the number one pick. They picked uh, the Cobras. Got uh, Karen Patal. The Monarchs got Stephen Moya. The Wolves got a uh, a name that everybody's going to know, Didi Gregorius. And this is the absolute reason. Yes. The number one reason. Why I fucking already hate the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons in the first round. In the first round, they could have picked anybody else, but they decided to go with Pablo Fat Fuck Sandoval. I hate Pablo Sandoval. I was telling somebody earlier today, I was like, I probably hate Sandoval more than I hate any like Yankee player. Um, but it, it gets oh better. Gosh. So, like, uh, it goes Alexi uh, Levy for the Falcons, Robinson Cano uh, <laughs> to the, the Wolves, Wolves. Um, Phil Irving for the Monarchs, and then this one was kind of funny to see because I thought he was just playing recently. He's only and, thirty-four uh, it, too. Yeah, uh, and Drolton Simmons uh, was picked by the Cobras. Okay, and then let's just go a little bit further. Uh, can we talk? About, hold on. Can we talk about Jair Jurens? That's a name I haven't heard in forever. I mean, you can't because I don't know anything about him. <laughs> uh, I think he's from Curacao, I think. Another another uh, Curacao guy. Uh, There's a couple of Red Sox legends Jersey. in this draft. Yeah, he's from Curacao. Pitched for the Braves for a few years. He was actually an all-star in 2011 with the Braves. Uh, Robbie Ross is in, on the league. Yep, um, Robbie Ross, yeah. 
My favorite, though, has to be the fact that the Monarchs in the second round, 16th pick overall, decided to pick 50-year-old, big sexy, Bartolo Colon. Uh, also, uh, Dwight Smith Jr., former Blue Jay. Shed Long, former Mariner. I know him from MLB The Show. It's actually Shed Long Jr., actually, so his dad's also named Shed Long. Well, maybe that um, is his dad. Uh, we don't know. Um, well, uh, Alejandro uh, Deaza went in the third round. How about in the fifth round, 37th overall, Rusny Castillo. Yep. The pride of Pawtucket. <laughs> like, what the fuck, guys? Like, are you that bad? Dude, her, her, Hernan Perez went in the sixth round. That's wild. Jeremy Procar. Like, Dude, Carlos so, Martinez, doesn't he have a suspension in the big leagues? It's crazy because the Baseball United uh, Facebook, not Facebook, Twitter account, they were just in the hundreds or like the couple thousands, I think, actually, uh, when I checked yesterday. They've been on, on here since 2018. Oh, my God. Dude, Carlos Martinez has an 85-game MLB suspension. Oh, well. And he got drafted he, by the Dubai Baseball League. <laughs> He's not serving that suspension anytime soon. Oh, guys, Adrian Beltre is a co-owner and a board member in this league. Yeah, too. Yep. Adrian like Beltre. Um, there is who else? Uh, yep, the King Felix Hernandez. Yep. Yeah. Barry, yeah, Barry, Barry Larkin is. Barry Larkin. Barry Larkin. Um, Sobo, I think, was in there. Yeah. I I posted Ariano. about that. I posted about that yesterday. The amount of like ex players is are steroids legal in this league? Because if so, instantly, view like I'm in, I'm in, I'm all in for watching these games. If I can watch Bartolo Colon and Robinson Cano juice up and just crank homers. <laughs> oh, also I do want to say right, a fun me, note let, on. Let me go through this. I want to give a fun note on Shed Long. He was actually part of the trade that uh, brought Sonny Gray to the Reds. So, uh, interesting note. Um, okay. So, I made a post last night or yesterday. I know we have the postseason going on. The Rangers going to the World Series and the Game 7. So, this was before Game 7 started. Uh, there are four teams uh, in Dubai. You got the Cobras, Monarchs, Wolves, and Falcons. And... Uh, I said some players, whatever. Miguel Tejada will be the manager for the Monarchs, while Adrian Beltre is the honorary GM. Chris Sabo will be the manager for the Cobras, while Barry Larkin is the honorary GM uh, for, for that team. John McLaren is the manager of the Wolves, while Felix Hernandez will be the honorary GM. And then this one's kind of this one was funny because if you look at the picture of the honorary GM, it, 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 it's it's him. Uh, Dennis Cook is the manager of the Falcons, while Nick Swisher is the honorary GM. Like he literally. Also, has what that does honorary GM mean? I, I have no fucking clue. Fun fact yeah, about Nick Swisher. Um, this is this is a little bit off topic, but I was watching a show with my wife the other day. Uh, maybe no, I say the other day it was a couple months ago, but it's called um, uh, Sweet Magnolia on uh, on Netflix. 
Okay. I was playing MLB The Show while she was watching it, to be fair. Yeah, right. Um, she was the one watching – she was the one playing yes. MLB The Show, and you were watching Sweet Magnolia. Yep. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Nick Swisher we showed up on it to me. So his wife apparently is like the, one of the main characters. I didn't realize this. And so she, my wife starts telling me one day, she's like, yeah, this uh, the main character, her husband played baseball. And I'm like, oh, really? Who's her husband? And she's like, Nick Swisher. And I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. I hate Nick Swisher. And uh, I don't know. I just always hated him as, on the Yankees. I was like, that just, she's like, why do you hate him? I'm like, I don't know. I can't explain it. He's just a jerk. And uh, I like, I was like, I have to prove it. And I like looked it up. I was like, Nick Swisher, jerk, like Googling this, like trying to find something that like my like opinion. (laughs) But then I'm watching it the other, like a couple episodes later. And he's like, he makes a cameo appearance in the show. And I'm like, oh, there he is. There's freaking, there's Nick Swisher. And she's like, Nick the jerk Swisher. Yeah. I was like, that jerk. There he is. Fun fact about Nick Swisher. He actually released a, a children's music album in 2011. I'm all set with these goddamn fun facts. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was a it was a 12 fun song fact. album that featured guest appearances from Bernie Williams and Barry Zito. I fucking hate you. No Bronson Royal on there. Bernie Williams and Barry Zito were made guest appearances. All the songs recorded on the album are cover songs that were selected by Nick Swisher. It peaked on, at number three on the. On the chart of iTunes children albums. <laughs> to be fair, it was for charity, so like good for him, I guess, but he's still a jerk. Yeah, he's a jerk. But yes. I'll, find, I'll prove it. I'll tweet it out later. I'll find the article that some random person put together. I gotta look something up. <laughs> You're looking up the charity album from the Switcher. No. <laughs> He's Googling Nick Swisher jerk. He wants to find it. Speaking so of Nick Swisher, he has a uh, mention in uh, Moneyball, the, the, the book. I don't know about the movie. I don't remember oh. the movie as well. Oh, dude, movie's great. Oh, no, I've watched it plenty of times. But I remember the book better. Is this the song? You're a jerk. You're a jerk. <laughs> I'm so happy with it. Come on, that's ridiculous. <laughs> The first, the first thing I thought of when you guys were like, he's a jerk, I was like, I got to find this song. It's the most ridiculous song I've ever heard. All right, guys, anything else we want to add besides your ridiculous, like, uh, side notes and whatever, Derek? Um, I do have a, I do have something I do want to add, uh, a little bit back to my 2009 Paw Socks um, rabbit hole. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I found out Dustin Richardson who was the guy who the Red Sox traded for Andrew Miller, and then they traded Andrew Miller for Erod, and then the comp pick that they used from Erod leaving was used on Roman Anthony, so Dustin Richards still has an impact on the Red Sox organization as of today. But regardless, I found out he's actually still playing baseball. In Dubai? 
No, Dustin Richardson, he's currently playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs of the Intercounty Baseball League in Canada. Wow. And they actually have a website. It's vibl.ca. Um, and you can actually go to statistics and go to player stats on their website. Um, if you go to their uh, IBL summer 2023 season and you go to their pitching stats, um, you can essentially find his uh, pitching stats. If you go by uh, alphabetical order, um, there's a uh, – and you go to R, wherever that is. That is way find. too much information that I yes. did not need to so, know about. So, okay. So, short – So short. I'm okay with short. the fact that you sat Justin here and told us – that he is the reason we got Roman Anthony. I did yes. not need to know that he, you know, you go to this website. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm he's pitchy. Still, some he's still pitching. No, twenty twenty three. I'm going to. I'm. I'm legitimately going to put a tweet out and be like, "Does anybody care that Richard? I care. Besides Derek, does anybody care that? Richard I'm sure Sanders Hunter cares. Put out a poll. I'm sure Hunter cares. Derek, you put out a poll. I'll retweet it or repost it. Whatever we fucking do nowadays. Ask. Let's ask. We'll ask Connor in the group chat if he cares. That's our test. Connor doesn't care. No one else cares. If yes, if Hunter doesn't care, <laughs> nobody else cares. Exactly. <laughs> also, uh, Caleb Scott undefeated. Yep. All right. Take it easy, guys.